0: hey angelo santiago here before we get started i want to invite you to the first we are the men free online workshop called three steps to nurturing relationship through masculine leadership it's going to be tuesday february 27th at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific join us at wearethemen.com slash workshop excited to see you there now on with the show Welcome everyone, I'm your host, Angelo Santiago, and this is the We Are The Men podcast, a show that is dedicated to sharing the stories of men who are all connected by a commitment to having a positive impact on the world through the actions they take in their own lives. My guest today is Chase Tolson. He is a serial entrepreneur, a philosopher, and a mindset expert who coaches leaders to unlocking their greatness by returning to their most authentic selves. And it's an honor to have Chase here on the show because as I said to him before we started recording, a lot of the men who have come through the We Are The Men podcast have been men who I've known personally and connected with. And Chase is the first man that I'm stepping into this conversation of like, you know, we just started talking, I'm just getting to know him, and I'm excited to hear what he has to share, what I'm here to learn from him, and what all of you listening are going to get from this beautiful conversation. So Chase, it's an honor to have you here. Thank you, brother, for stepping in and saying yes to being on the podcast, and I'm excited to connect with you.
1: Angelo, brother, I I appreciate you having me very much. I'm honored to be here, and you know, just what you said about the actions we take creating the change and, and me being about authenticity, I do believe we're about to have a really fun conversation
0: yeah and the the authenticity is something that i at least for me it was something that was so i couldn't even understand what that word really meant until i understood what it meant right until i started really exploring what that meant to me and how i showed up in my daily life and so for some people listening they're gonna be like what does it even mean to be authentic like what does it mean to be me and for other people they're on that journey and so i'm excited to really cover the spectrum as much as we can in in the short time we have together And learn how it came to you, right? Like how that goal and how that mission for you to connect men and I don't know if you work with women as well, but just to their authentic selves and and empower them in that way.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. My freshman year of high school, I had a shirt that said, you laugh because I'm different. I laugh because you're all the same. And like underneath the stories of like, you know, rejection and whatnot that were there to be uncovered and figured out that solved the whole hothead teenager chase, I used to say even... Even back then, like there's a certain quota of people in the world, and you know, and this was the crass, angry kid. But I'm like, as long as I'm not the one on drugs in the gutter, like at least I'm doing me. And, and to me, that was a, a less emotionally intelligent, less evolved way of recognizing that we each have our own unique path to walk, and that awareness has been opened up, you know, in the last few decades about that, and now. At 35 with a 17-month-old daughter, it's yeah, authenticity is different for everybody. And the beauty of this and what I've found for myself is there's layers to the game. And one thing that I'll drop here early on is one of my favorite quotes or favorite definitions of enlightenment is to see the world as it actually is. And in order to see the world as it actually is, we first get to see ourselves as we actually are.
0: And I love that you brought up the fact that you, you have that 17 month old because there's anything I've learned through the parenting journey is that having children and deepening into relationship with my partner. And that reveals so much, so much about myself and tapping into that authenticity and and just how I'm here to show up. So with that, I'd love to start there with you. I know you you started talking a little bit about the past, but I always like to start these conversation with like the present moment, right? You shared a little bit, you have the 17 month old. I'm sure this last year and a half for you has been quite a ride and quite the journey. And so as you look around for yourself now and you breathe into it, you sense, you feel your body and where you are, Describe to all of us listening, like what's the season of life you find yourself in? What are the things showing up for you that you're actively exploring that's being asked of you as you step forward into this continued journey that you're on? Paint a picture for us of the current life of Chase right now.
1: Hmm. So some context of how I came into this season. I, I was already a leader in the community that I'm in to work stories to help people free themselves from that. I, I worked a lot of my own subconscious baggage that I was yet unaware I was carrying before my daughter came into this world. It's been really cool to see how well regulated her nervous system is compared to other babies, other toddlers, in part due to that, I'm sure. And it's law of entrainment. It's the grandfather clock swinging in rhythm and uh, put a pin in that because I love breaking that one wide open. Where I'm at right now is before my daughter was born, my wife was like, yeah, I think I'm going to want to go back to work. Like I want to do something. And then after she went back to work, she's like, "Nope, no, thank you. Now, here's the thing. We, when we bought our house in 2021, I had a brick and mortar fitness facility. I had a gym and she had a corporate America job. Well, I shut my gym down at the end of 2021 and went online and it's been good. It's been great. And to eclipse my wife's income takes a little extra step. To be able to cover healthcare, eclipse my wife's income, and still have what I was making, it's taken a new gear, and we're there now. And we're going to continue on this path, and after six months of it being a proven thing, I'm retiring my wife. That's the energy right now, is that she's done with work. She bought into, she rode the wave of the boss babe with the engineering degree and did all that stuff, and she's ready to lean full force into her feminine and in order to do that i am i mean you want to talk about like king energy and creation and providing it it's turned up to 11 as they say
0: love it man and i've been stepping in so much into working with men stepping into what you're describing as i call you know that masculine leadership and so you know I, i have plenty of things that i have to say on it but i love to explore kind of your experience of it for men who see themselves where you're at maybe there are a few steps behind you where they want to do exactly what you're doing for whatever their reasons may be right maybe they do have new kids on the way maybe they want to allow their partners to step more into their feminine and so they hear you talking about how you're doing this both with the financial and also just showing up as a father what's important for them to know that you've experienced in your journey of like This is how I lean more into the masculine. This is how I provide. This is how I step into that king energy because I'm undoing it for the right reasons. So here's what I did. And here's what I think you should know about that. Awesome question. And, and, you know, we can get so in the weeds with this stuff. And I have like
1: I've went deep down esoteric and philosophical rabbit holes. And what it comes back to plain and simple. Like we want to make it really simple. It's the words we use, the breaths we take and the stories we tell ourselves. Abracadabra comes from the ancient Aramaic for with my word I create. And when you, when you take spelling in school, I mean, spells are words or combination of words thought to hold great meaning. We're casting spells on ourselves every time we speak. And whether, you know, you want to look at the fact that everything is vibration and if sound is vibration, and then words are vibration and the words we use and the intonation with which we use them can be paramount in affecting that. If quantum physics is still a little, mm, not quite where we want to go with it, It's neuroscience. Every word we use programs our brain. And if you want to step into the masculine and be able to create and have a be solid and grounded in yourself, then taking out words that are slowing that process down or making it soft and replacing them with ones that support it. That's the foundation.
0: You know, a big thing for me is there's the thoughts, there's the words, there's the actions. So, yeah, I I feel getting that mindset Correct. Finding out where that inner critic is speaking to you from. Let's look at that. Let's look at the words you're using, right? The I can't or I'm trying to or, you know, it's like all these things shift your vocabulary, shift your languaging. Talk a little bit about for you, like the action step, because as somebody who's been in the physical space, right in the training space, I'm sure there's a quick connection for you from how to use these spells, these words that you're speaking out loud and then using your action to embody that masculine energy that you're now talking about.
1: This is action. I like to say action dispels overwhelm. It is paralysis by overanalysis, and more accurately, it's inaction overwhelm. So we get clear on the story and the words, and in order to do that, we go in and look at the story we're telling ourselves already, which usually an example I'll give is uh, one of my client's uh, sales, and he's in paycheck software sales, payroll sales, and he's supposed to be doing follow-up, and he doesn't want to do his follow-up, but he knows he should be doing it. And we could go through just a should detox there and and take it down. Or we can look at the emotion underlying it. And Okay, cool. Let's write this story out about when you didn't send your emails and you were supposed to. Let's look at the emotion in there. When do we feel that? Oh, when you got hit by a ball in T-ball when you were eight and you got laughed at. So now you're scared to take action because you might get laughed at. And we go in and using a very specific four-step process, I help people air out that story. And we look at it and then we change some words. We take some power back. And next thing you know, he's hitting his quotas for the next month
0: beautiful
1: yeah yeah so you remove the resistance first because sometimes that masculine drive is like well i'm just going to absolutely move through the resistance and if i can break that open for a second there is resistance to be moved through and that's the resistance in front of us we first get to fully process and release the resistance we've subconsciously been carrying behind us it's Mm -hmm. an important distinction
0: Love it, man. And, and I'm, I'm going to follow up in a little bit on this four step process. And I know you also dropped a little pin on that law of entrainment that yeah. we may we may get a chance to talk to. But before we start getting into all that, when I speak to people and I hear what they're saying and, and I'm curious about what got them to be at this point where this is what they're sharing with the world. This is the medicine they're bringing through. This is how they're connecting with other people and empowering them in specific ways. I just get curious about their story about what got you to where you are right now so in the beginning in our conversation you you talked a little bit about right being that teenager and and the way you were thinking and and how that was making you act in certain ways i'm curious like can you share a little bit about so like where were you where did the story of chase really begin in this segment of it that we're talking to right now what happened and what actions did you take to get you to where you are now because there may be men listening to here be like wow i really like what this guy is saying like what the heck is he even talking about? How did he get into this stuff? So share a little bit about your personal story with us.
1: Yeah, and I'll I'll go quick on the early days. My dad had a weight bench in his bedroom when I was four years old. Physical fitness was just something we did. And then I was a skinny kid when I was 11 and 12, like skinny with a size eight head. I went to school with a buzz cut and a tank top, got told I looked like I had cancer. So I started lifting weights along the journey here it's important to note that September 11th, 2001, Chase was 13 years old. I was in line to be a third generation United Airlines pilot. Well, when my dad doesn't work for six months, contracts get restructured and there's no cash to spend around the house when I turn 14. Well, then the first step in learning to fly, which is flying gliders, doesn't happen. Now Chase goes through high school and the one thing he has is fitness and a little bit of anger and a Camaro. And he gets done with high school and he kind of lacks direction, take out the kind of Goes to community college. The thing is, all his friends stuck around town too. So he's sitting in math class, and somebody will text him and say, "Hey, I'm outside with a blunt." Guess what he does? He gets up and goes out and he smokes weed. So 2008, I got sick of that. I started talking with the Air Force. Air Force said, "No, you can't go spec war because your record. You got arrested when you were 18." Okay, fine, whatever. Go talk with the Army. And then by spring of 2009, I was talking with the Navy, and they said. I walked in there. I was looking at the EOD, Explosive Ordnance Disposal poster. I'm like, what about that? They're like, well, what about SEALs? Do you want to go be a SEAL and go to BUDS? Like, we'll waive your misdemeanor. You just need to go get your eyes fixed. Now, at this point, my second cousin, my mom's cousin, who worked missile defense at the Pentagon, he heard that I wanted to go be a Navy SEAL. He's like, he doesn't want to do that. They're just pig killers. So he sends me a book to try and dissuade me. Now, I'm a 20-year-old testosterone ridden, <laughs> fit meathead. And he sends me the book, Lone Survivor, thinking it's gonna dissuade me. I read it in 72 hours and put my Camaro that I said never sell up for sale to pay for LASIK surgery. Go through the next year training, I get LASIK. And all this is on paper that I talked with the Navy this long, and I go up to a contract in and on January 26, 2010, I walk into MEPS. I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go, let's go. Send me off, give me the contract so I can get my leave date. And they go, oh, sorry, new instruction was sent out five days ago. Your misdemeanor is no longer waverable. At this point, now my second cousin tries to help me. He hands my package to the deputy chief of naval personnel. And this admiral says, nope, sorry, can't help him. Don't believe his story. Kicker being that the recruiters told me to write that story because it would get pushed through faster than the truth. So now I'm over it. I said, fine, get me out of town as fast as possible. Fast in 2010 was two to three months. They said, okay, you're an engine man. And you leave in eight days. Hold. Cool. Wow. And I was told that when I went into the Navy, I could now submit a package to go to Bud's. Except I got put on a minesweeper. There's only 84 of us. And I was in the engine room. And if you remember, I had a Camaro. I was really good with wrenches. And my command said, yeah, you can submit a package. You can like get the little check in the box that they said you could go, but we're not releasing you because you're too valuable. You're too good at what you do. Now I have a big old chip on my shoulder. Make it even bigger that the advancement and leadership structure was just so flawed. I got out in 2014, we can speed the story up a little bit now. I got out in 2014, opened a gym, and it was 2017 when I started learning about language and stories that I realized that that story of, well, I tried so hard, but in the end it all just fell apart. We'll use some Lincoln Park. uh, It was running the show. I wasn't actually in control because I had this subconscious narrative of, well, I tried really hard to be a seal and it fell through. So why should I put full effort at anything ever else again? And when I unwired that story, it actually became one of my biggest wins the shape I got into and what I did there. So that's the story.
0: That's a good story, man. A lot of ins and outs. And I think what leaves me kind of wanting more is let's talk about the rewiring of that story mm. and i don't know that i don't know if that goes into that four-step process you discuss a little bit but maybe it's where it began or what you got to experience yourself in rewiring your story that has led you to now connect with other people about rewiring their story so let's unpack that a little bit what was the process for you like and, and once you did that where did that take you like what was next for chase
1: hmm so it was that four-step process. It was when I was going through getting certified. This was one of the stories I worked. And a lot of people, our stuck stuff is right up in our face and our winds are way off in the distance somewhere if we even can see them. We're not looking at them. Yeah. So what this four-step process did, which the four steps, the first one is title it and write it down. The second one is read it out loud conversationally. Third one is read it out loud slower. Read it out loud with a breath. At every period, most of the commas and some of the ands is the fourth one. Check in with the feels, as Joseph Campbell said, any feeling felt fully is bliss. Allow yourself to feel what comes up. And it airs out the stuck. And then when I was going through my level two for this certification, we celebrate wins. And one of my wins was going from a guy that didn't run to being able to run two miles in less than 13 minutes with a pack on, swimming, running the same pace on the way home. And that was in that same process and wanting a SEAL contract. And I used that same four-step process on that. And what that really did for me was allowed me to clear out stories I was holding onto that kept me from being my most authentic self. I was staring at all these, these stories that I thought made me me, and all it was was just a story. What made me me was so much more than that. And as soon as I started doing this work, individuals and in coaching containers I was in, leaders and mentors of mine, they're like, what changed? What's different? Because there's something different. You're a force now. And it evolved in my gym. We went from fitness to, Hey, we're going to start classes with, you know, affirmations in the warm up. Uh, you know, everybody gets a goal setting session that it's actually a way to work into working these stories. And it, soon enough, it, it became, Oh, this gym isn't really aligned with what I want to do because I'm keeping people here. They've developed the skills. They don't need to be here at a high ticket gym. And there's some more there, there around when my brother passed, I realized I wasn't. At family events and I was running a gym. So I shut it down and I went online to help people with their stories. And to tie this into something you said earlier about you touched on finances. And for me, the five levers of freedom are physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and financial. And I was working with a bunch of people with fitness and mindset and funny things started happening where a lot of these guys I was working with, they went and got certified in this work. They went and became badass coaches of their own right. And then came back to me and said, hey, how'd you build this? And like my forward-facing brand has remained what it has remained. And slowly behind the scenes, I have more business consultation and business coaching clients than before because these guys keep coming back like, how do I do this? And I've been in business for myself for a decade.
0: So That's awesome, man. That's an awesome story. Thank you for sharing all of it. Thank you for taking us through the challenging times and, and really what has gotten you to this point today. And... I'd love to invite you to really, because you talked about how this opened up you to your authentic self, like introduce us to the authentic Chase. Like, what is it about Chase that you want the world to know? It's like, you know, that you uncovered through this process that you now, you can walk every single day knowing that this is me. You can lead your family knowing that this is me with this heart, with this mind, with this body. Introduce us, introduce yourself a little bit to us. I'll do it
1: with one of my poems. To clear the noise inside of my head is to realize I'm more than alive or dead. There's a force inside of you and me and some would say it's the eternal divinity. Most will spend their lives on a quest to find it when in reality it's the questions that hide it. You see, when we search for power everywhere else, we can become blind to the knowing inside of ourself. The questions and search can distract from the hurt When leaning into the pain is how you create your own earth. This isn't to say that pain is your fuel, but rather to dig deeper and ask why is this what I feel? Any feeling felt through is the key to bliss and healing comes naturally when you realize this. So next time your soul leans towards fear and buys into the show, take a look in the mirror because you already know that your answers are within and they always have been. It's time to set down distractions and stop messing around. Step into your power and claim your crown. True kings take action. They always have been. The one to step forward and up, filling everyone's cup, pouring from their golden chalice, a leader free from any malice. His family, his followers, his ancestors hail because this true king wields the Holy Grail. And while the grail is depicted as a cup in great works of art, in reality it is
0: the love in our heart. Beautiful, brother. I just want to leave a little space here. Just take a nice deep breath into that. <sighs> That's beautiful, man. I appreciate it. Once again, you coming through with the words, making the just the power behind it. The one piece of it that I caught that really touched me. And I mean, all of it was really beautiful, but you were talking about the ancestors, mm-hmm. right? The ancestors. And it connected to something else that you said a little bit earlier about celebrating, like celebrating your wins. So it, how I see it all tying in is how can I, as a man, celebrate my wins and also know that the things that I'm doing, like my ancestors previously, this is something that they prayed for me for. As a father, you know, like I, as a father myself, there's so much that I pray for, for my son and if he ever chooses to have kids for them right and and for the ones beyond and so to connect to those ancestors to remind me that like yeah I, everything i'm doing has been a long time coming and how can i live this life in celebration of it and as men i know a lot of us tend to look at what needs to be fixed looks at like what's wrong with my life how can i change it or what's wrong with why isn't my house good enough how can i get a better house i'm not making enough money how do i make more money and that, those are a good, it's a good trait to have as a man to be able to look at that and be able to fix, but not at the cost of never celebrating and ever appreciating and ever loving life and never seeing the joy that you have in what you have created so far. So you touched a little bit on the celebrating. I'd love to talk more a little bit about that for you. What does celebration look like? How have you encouraged other people that you've worked with to really focus on that piece of celebration? so that life can become this experience that is loving instead of this experience that is grinding?
1: That's such a phenomenal question. You know, my tagline used to be that, you know, I I help guys who have lost themselves to win the rat race, to your point, an experience that is grinding. And so many people embrace the grind and I'd rather be in a groove, you know, and and celebrating to me, it starts opening your eyes for the day and truly, authentically being grateful. Like people talk about, you know, daily gratitudes and then they talk about how they don't work and like they don't work because you're not allowing yourself to feel it. And part of the reason that the breath works in that system with an affirmation or a gratitude and then take a deep breath and let it into your body. In the Kabbalah, you know, one of the oldest piece of literature out there, there's a word for God. And this is, I, I had a good friend of mine on my podcast and she's a scholar with this stuff. And she laid this out for me and that if you try and pronounce it, it sounds like a breath. And her thesis that she did was that what is God, God is breath. And if you can express your gratitude verbally to the world, to God, to whatever force you believe in, I'm a believer, I forget who said the quote, they said, whatever you believe in, believe. Pick something and do it. And then take a big deep breath, all the way in, all the way out. just see how that feels. Start your day with that and then end your day with celebrating the wins. Like so many guys, like we, we lay our head on our bed and we're like, oh man, I still got to do this tomorrow. I got to sign more clients. I got to, I got to make sure the business is running. I got to make sure we don't spend enough money. I got to make sure my daughter's happy. No, dude, I, I break open my, uh, my journal. Like here's all these things I did today because I'm awesome. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Right behind me on my wall, I have a a little whiteboard that I keep up there and every day, the very first thing on the left hand side of that whiteboard is a list of what did I accomplish today? Mm -hmm. And man, when I started doing that practice, I would look at it and I'd be like, Oh my God. Like, first of all, how did I get all this done? right and I still next to it I say, like what do I want to accomplish tomorrow right and that list is usually shorter and it's like really incredible I you know and I remember that when I first started doing this practice I remember looking at my wife and being like because she's badass too she runs her own business and she accomplishes a ton and, and we're talking about this and I'm like man do, does everybody else like do this much you know the reality is like we all do but the question is do we all acknowledge it in ourselves and so yeah I'm gonna echo what you said and invite everyone who's listening take a moment at the end of your day and I like to do it before my kind of quote unquote work day comes to an end and I start connecting with my family because then I've celebrated myself I made a list of what it is that I want to do next tomorrow And I used to also make a list of like who do I want to connect with tomorrow because that's important building those relationships but then I can set that all side and be so present with my son so present with my wife and that's the gold in life for me right there so thank you for bringing that through brother so as we start bringing this conversation down to a close, and I know we left some things on the board that we want to get to. And, and the beautiful thing is you're always invited to come on back here on the podcast and we'll explore a little bit more on, on what we've touched on already. But I'd love for you to just share a little bit. And you just did with this piece on breath. But if there's anything else before we start wrapping up, that like what's something you want the men and women listening to this podcast to know? right? That piece of gratitude and breath. I love it. Like if, if, if that's the one piece of gold people take away, I'm so grateful for that. But what else? Was there anything that you came on here that are like, Hey, if I don't say this thing, I feel like I'm going to, I haven't put my cards down and, and let it all out there. Three degrees of influence,
1: your habits, your actions, your addictions, your beliefs, your thought patterns, your, you are contagious three degrees forward and backward. So you're, you can take that in from your friends, friends, friends too. And I'm just, I'm just going to send it on the grandfather clock thing because this is important for three degrees of influence in the 1600s. A physicist was laid up sick in bed and what a physicist do in the 1600s, they tinker with clocks and he had two grandfather clocks in his room. And as he would watch them swing, he realized that wherever he put them back together, the pendulums would fall in sync. He took this into, he's in the UK, took him into like the Royal Society of Science or whatever they were calling it back then. They left him out of the room. It's been proven in recent decades that those grandfather clocks were communicating through tiny vibrations in their wooden housing. It's the same underlying mechanism for dripping faucets to sync up tides in the moon and females whose cycles sync when they're around each other. It's like vibration isn't some like woo thing, it's real. And if you have a shop full of grandfather clocks and one's taller than all the rest, Guess which grandfather clock dictates how the pendulum swing. So when we get that and we roll it in together with three degrees of influence, everybody here has somebody in their life who like can walk into a room and the energy shifts. Everybody here has been at a table with somebody and just talking to that person you leave feeling better. And the way to be that person is to become the biggest grandfather clock in the room and Hopefully one of the bigger grandfather clocks, three degrees forward and back, because then you get to filter what comes back towards you. You can send the good stuff out and just filter what's coming back. And the way to do that is to go for a 45 minute solo walk. And when you get back, grab a pen and start writing and keep writing until the pen stops. See what comes up.
0: And I, I have a smile on my face. I have chills on my arms. This is uh, this is beautiful, brother. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Phenomenal hosting.
0: thank you, man. Yeah, and and it's like along the same lines of what you're just sharing here. It's what I found in my journey is that the men who I'm around, who I have to have these conversations with, like yourself, that there's just something in that that lifts me up, and then I get bigger, right? I become that bigger grandfather clock, and then I start bringing that energy to others, and then I start finding others bigger grand. Right? It's like it's this continuous thing, like the, the old saying, "As I rise, we rise." Right? So continue to rise, continue to bring others up with you, continue to allow yourself to be elevated by others as well. This is a beautiful journey we're all on. It's been an absolute pleasure to connect with you on this. Two last things before we close. One, if somebody's listening to this and it's like, Hey man, something this guy said, I need to follow up on. I'm really connected to what the work he's doing. I want to go deeper into these four steps and really explore my story and what's holding me back. How can someone find more about you, Chase?
1: Come message me on Instagram. I respond to Every DM I get at coach underscore chase underscore tollison. Chase com is the website. It could use a brand refresh and it's there. It'll get you on my email list. Those are the spots. And Wave the Primal Man podcast season two is releasing as we speak, recorded all out ahead of time. So.
0: Yeah, that's great. And we'll have all those links in the show notes. So check them out, check out Chase and what he's doing. If you feel a connection with him, let that be your signal that the right next step is for you to send that DM to get on that mailing list and just see where that journey takes you because not taking that action is just going to keep you right where you are. And And, you know, there is new opportunities, new availability to life for you as you just kind of start following that intuition and that trust in yourself. So, brother, before we close out, I just want to invite you into a little bit of a visualization. See if anything last minute comes through you that is meant to be said here. And it's something that I also invite anyone who's listening to join us to see what comes up for you. So, Chase, we'll take a deep breath together. Hmm. Chase, you find yourself on an open field. Thousands of men are with you, and you are about to address the world. You begin to speak, and I want you to finish this sentence. We are the men who... Change the world. We are the men who change the world. Thank you, Chase. Thank you for joining us on the We Are The Men podcast. We Are The Men is a global movement, and I want to invite you, the listener, to be a part of it. Go to wearethemen.com to sign up for our mailing list and learn how you can get involved. If you like what you heard, please take a moment to rate and follow this podcast to help us reach more listeners. All of us know men who could benefit from hearing these conversations and engaging with our community. Please share this podcast today with someone you know. I'm Angela Santiago. Thank you, Chase Tolson, for being on the show. And we are the men. Thank you.